What's up, hobby friends, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more, more, more fun. This is more fun. And most importantly, learn to paint bravely, speak bravely, and do all those kind of things. So welcome to the podcast today. Uh, got some got some good stories to tell, some hobby stuff to talk about, a few fun things. Brent's got his Mountain Dew. I think we're ready to go. But of course, before that. Ready. Yeah. Brent, what have you been up to since the last time we recorded? Which uh, wasn't super long ago, I think. No, it wasn't super long ago. So we've, we've got two different uh, little bits of travel here. So I'm going to Denmark for reasons uh, tomorrow. And you just got back from the Las Vegas Open. So actually, you have more to talk about today. What, uh, <laughs> That's fair. Why don't, you, why don't you start in? Tell us, tell us how that trip was. I will. Uh, LVO was awesome. Uh, if you don't know, Las Vegas Open is a big, like, uh, it's a Warhammer tournament. A bunch of tabletop games were there. Uh, Conquest was there. Uh, Star Wars. All these, all these awesome tabletop games. It's a huge vendor hall, a bunch of painting classes. Uh, I specifically flew down to kind of do nothing. I had no plans. But nice. But someone Very someone nice. reached out to me a few days before the actual convention, and they're like, "Hey, like uh, I was gonna take uh, John and Scott's advanced two day painting class, and had a medical problem, couldn't go." And he's like, "You can just like take my spot." Um, I was planning on just busting in the classroom and sitting down, anyways. Yeah, but I didn't have to. Well. Man, get well soon. Yeah, and yeah, and thanks for sending Casey to a to a painting class. He's he could learn to be an advanced painter here soon. I mean, probably if I if I applied myself or something like that, you know. Uh, but I I did end up going in and, and hanging out for basically the last three and a half hours of a two day course. Um, and I painted one of Scott's Duchess models. I painted well, I shouldn't say that exactly. I painted the face. Of the model, and you you can see it in the post that he made about it on Instagram. It's like off in the corner. It's just a head on a stick instead of like all these really nicely Did done. Everyone, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that part of it. Yeah, I saw the the picture. I love that from painting classes where mm-hmm. they put all the models from all the students on a table, and they get a couple of nice images and. Uh, Normally enough of them look good, so it seems like all of them look really good, and then there's a lot of bright colors in there. And mm-hmm. anyway, this batch looks this batch looks nice. So congratulations yeah. to everybody <laughs> who who painted a duchess in in Las Vegas last week. Yeah, two uh, weeks it, ago. It Whatever. seemed like a really good class, and I mean the the quality from all of the people who are in there was pretty high. Um, and there were people who only been in painting for a couple of years. Uh, like basically start a COVID. They're like, I'm, I'm going to get into mini painting. And now they're like really good at it. Yeah. It's pretty insane actually. Um, like John. Yeah. Like John. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so first thing, of course, I, I, I crashed in on that class technically with permission. So I do thank you for that. Um, I was actually gonna, I was planning on sending the Duchess model that I did take, <laughs> Um, to him, I'm going to get in touch pretty soon. I haven't forgotten and I have a Duchess model for you. Yeah. 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 Very, very generous and, uh, do seriously get well soon. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry you had to miss that. Yeah. 
yeah, hopefully next year though, because uh, they definitely had oh, like a, a, sure. a good turnout, and I, I I would imagine they're gonna do it again. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so did that, and then kind of wandered around, met a lot of cool people, talked about Paint Bravely the podcast with a few people, and uh, YouTube stuff. That was that was pretty nice. Um, went out to dinner with uh, a few people, John and Scott, and then uh, Monument Hobbies owner uh, Jason and Jen. So we went we went and had some nice. some fancy pants steaks, which was pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. Oh, uh, you're doing business deals with Monument <laughs> Hobbies now? I mean, I can't talk about that. Huh. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Spill the beans bravely. <laughs> yeah. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, we just, uh, we hung out and talked about all sorts of different hobby stuff, man. Like, uh, yeah, Monument Hobbies was was killing it this this weekend or last weekend, I guess. Um, selling all I sorts heard, of paints, man. All their paints, all their all their Ninjan boxes and their their Vince Vinterella boxes were gone. Like which sold faster? Oh, you know what? I didn't even ask. That's a very important question. <laughs> and uh, <sighs> and the other question is, did they make an equal number? So the, so what we're talking about is, I think there are six paint sets. Mm-hmm. One's in a little box that says Ninjan, and one's in a little box that says Vincent. And, uh, yeah, so there are six new colors in the Pro Acryl line, and they're kind of colors that I think they would have gotten around to eventually, Payne's Gray, Dark Plum, I don't know what they all are, but they a lot of them kind of follow the, the naming formula that, that Monument's been doing with Pro Acryl, yeah. and it's like, okay, yeah, they were, they were going to get to that eventually, but my understanding is that uh, Vince is like, no, nah, we need this now, and John is like, <laughs> no, nah, we need this now, and so the... The next two little six paint expansions were were named after some some fine folks. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I am curious which one sold out first, or or if they even made the same number of boxes. <laughs> if they're like, yeah, Vince is going to sell like three times as many as John. So let's <laughs> let's plan ahead. <laughs> that that is actually a good question. I did not ask. Uh, seem seem maybe inappropriate. It's time. <laughs> it's a little rude. A little rude. I'm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if maybe if but funny, both of them were yeah. there, I maybe I would have asked, yeah, because <laughs> at least it would have been, you know, ribbing. socially inappropriate questions. Yeah. Bravely, the podcast, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, try not to make a fool of yourself in public. We'll get to that. Bravely, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So so did that. That was really cool. Um, and then like we got back to the hotel and we just kind of walked around a bunch, just literally just talking to people as we pass by people. Um, and then like I went to go get a drink at the bar and I almost passed out just kind of out of nowhere. So yeah, taking a dark turn now. I don't know. I was leaning up against the bar for a while and then I like kind of stood up with my drink and got like lightheaded and I didn't fall over completely. Um, but what I did was scare the holy crap out of John and Scott, uh, and myself to be honest. Then I was like, I think uh, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> so I did. I'm, I'm <laughs> like, glad you're okay. Casey. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you're I was okay. like immediately fine after that. And uh, yeah, but you know, freaked me out a little bit. Uh, probably. No, that don't have that any is issues. scary stuff. You probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you ruined John and Scott's night. And oh, then, I definitely yep, didn't yep, ruin yep. their night. Um, 
No. No. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right here. John was was man inches away from just tattooing his body in Las Vegas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a good night for them. They did just fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh um yeah, it's really cool to hang out with them, just kind of catch up a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna see him in Adepticon pretty soon. Um but yeah, I got to talk to a lot of cool hobby people. I didn't get to see a lot of people though, weirdly. Um like I had plans that you knew were there. Yeah, like I, I I didn't see Duncan at all. Uh didn't didn't get to say hi to Kenny. I mean, he was there, he's oh. posting pictures constantly. I mean, he was playing games though, so it's kind of a whole yeah, you thing. You could have gotten a selfie with Kenny. I know, and I, I didn't. I, I literally didn't even go into the gaming area. Like, I saw it from outside, but the, the hotel is the Rio in Vegas, and it's pretty big. So, like, their convention area is is just humongous, and it's all closed off. Right? Like, big rooms closed off, then painting rooms kind of in a separate area. So, yeah, it just wasn't okay. over there very much. Um well, shout out to Kenny Boucher <laughs> at Next Level Painting. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kenny. <laughs> hey, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you next time. We'll get you next time. Yeah. All right. Uh, Adepticon, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then I meant to to meet up and hang out with the Warfire Minis guys, and like they were playing games too, and like I was out super late, and you know, and then basically went to sleep, um, and just just missed them. Just missed them. And like, by the time they're like, hey, we're like done doing stuff. We're going to go wander around and hang out. And I'm like, I'm I'm at the airport. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. (laughs) I felt kind of bad. Um, Go to conventions for more than one day. Bravely. I I thought about it. But last time I went to LVO, it was 2020. uh, Literally like two weeks before COVID. Um, And like, it was boring okay so okay. boring well you didn't uh you didn't have as many friends there that, that time. is fair you, you, that is very fair <laughs> you, you just you just hung out with peachy who was also alone in the yeah. corner yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so i mean hey we always have vegas right we got that time that one time <laughs> uh i mean that was it was it was fun because matt and i both went to that so i was with matt but like we were just walking around like constantly going like I guess we should find something to do now. <laughs> like we ended up painting for a long time and it was like models that we had gotten from different things and like it was fun, but it wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. This time it was definitely more of like I went to go talk to people and hang out and it was that. So I mean it was it was a good trip. Even yeah. for being so short so, too. Um So so that's that's an interesting uh, uh, topic there, a little, little conversation starter. So you can now a little more easily go and make friends at conventions because people know who you are. But yeah. what, what about, <laughs> what's, what's the strategy for for people who aren't instantly recognizable? I mean, make, so go like, make go friends make, with strangers? I mean, I yeah. honestly, like everybody I talk to except for John and Scott were strangers and they all seem like perf- yeah. perfectly reasonable people to hang out with. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's been my experience, too. Yeah. Like, every, every rando I've met at a convention has been pretty friendly. Um, there was one time uh, before I was an internet person that I, that I <laughs> met somebody at a convention who started the conversation with, do you like J-pop? 
And that was that was the weirdest interaction I've had. Other, everything other than just that was right out the gate. Like, do you like J-pop? It was actually so. It's even worse. Is that this was actually in an airport, like this, like returning from a convention, <laughs> and I and I was at a gate, and and um, I was at my gate. I was at my gate really early, mm-hmm. and so there was just me and one other guy waiting at the gate. Oh no! And he just says, "Hey, hey, do you like J-pop?" He's looking at your uh, your long flowing locks, and he's like, "I see this guy <laughs> over here. Yeah, I know you. I know your type." I- I know the type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what was your answer? But, like, what? No. Yeah. No. no not, what? No, he's like, no. oh, man, I just got back from this great J-pop convention. Oh, and, man. Uh, so he's uh, just like, oh, no. high on J-pop. But he's like, everybody loves J-pop. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. He was just trying to keep the high going. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's feeling bad. He's got to ask random strangers in the airport. <laughs> 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 try to spread the gospel. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, at, at Gen Con, uh, at the Indianapolis airport, there actually is like a couple of tables set aside in the food court of the airport that are like Gen Con tables mm-hmm. for, for, so, uh, people leaving that convention, they, they can get in one last little board game or card game if they oh, want. They can go sit at okay. the, the special reserved tables, but that's pretty neat. I mean, that's before. There's a lot of people. It's though. before you go through security, so it's like oh. if you want to hang out outside of uh, yeah, security and no, no, play some games with strangers. Mm-hmm. No, hanging yeah. hanging out outside of security. Okay, that's that's always been a like a weird pet peeve of mine. <laughs> like restaurants in airports before security. Like what what do you right. no one's coming here to eat at your friggin' restaurant? Like just put it behind the gate so I'm not worried about getting through security. Cause even if right. I'm getting off I mean, the I, plane, I can still go to a restaurant before getting out to the place where it's like, oh now you gotta turn back around and take all your clothes off. Yeah. Like if if I'm not at the airport like five hours in advance, I'm not going to a restaurant outside exactly, of security. Exactly. Like <laughs> it's super weird. And like in Reno, we have a couple and there's, there's one that's like actually supposed to be like a decent restaurant. And it's just weird to me that there is just a restaurant that somebody was like, yep, that's a good, I'm going to lease this location and it's going to be good. Cause people are always at the airport. I mean, maybe sure. Like that's, oh, that's yeah. a thing. People always go to the <laughs> airport. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just so weird to me. Like I'd just much rather get through security and be in the airport for three or four hours than like wait and then yeah. somehow get in. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to miss my flight. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So three friends are going to a convention together. Yeah. And they're all gonna fly into the same airport and then they're all gonna the three of them are gonna split an Uber. Mm. That restaurant is for the two friends who get there first and have to wait for the third friend before they can before they call the Uber. Go okay. Yeah. The business model makes perfect sense to me. I don't, I don't yeah, know but, what the problem. But is. if it was on the other side of security where you already were, I know it wouldn't make know, a difference, right? That just yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just yeah, doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense. Like the front door of an airport should be literally you walk in and you're at security. That should just be what it is. There shouldn't be a lobby. Like, just go. Just be a security checkpoint so that I can be done with it and move on. It just kills me. I don't know. Airports in general. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Do you have a smooth flight? Spirit Airlines? <laughs> yeah, Spirit Airlines. Uh, all work on out? the way there, we were half an hour early. Don't know how. 
because I'm pretty sure they plan these things out pretty, uh, you know, specifically. <laughs> but we, mm-hmm, we had to mm-hmm. sit on the runway and wait for the other plane to leave because, like, we were early. I mean, it's a super short flight anyways. It's like a, it was a 55-minute flight, so it's nothing. Um, yeah, it, it was super quick. And, like, the from the airport to the hotel is, like, five minutes. It's not a big deal. Um, it's really yeah. a bigger part of the reason that I actually ended up going. It's just like the flight was like $95. So sure. I should go. So good. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. Normally uh, conventions are a bit more of an investment for people unless, unless you actually do live in driving distance. Exactly. But, yep, yeah. Yep, yep, and yep. this is the only one that I'm within any sort of like relatively close distance to everything else is, a lot more expensive and you know got to do the convention thing so it is what it is just make out on a couple of you know close ones i guess um i do need to apologize because there was one person that came up to me and scott and john but it was the three of us and i was a little out of it like kind of just had stumbled over and like regaining my composure and this dude came walking up to say hi to all three of us right when that mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> and it was a very awkward exchange. And I could tell that he thought I was being an asshole. And I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, I wasn't being an asshole. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, you just you just fainted. So. A little bit, yeah. Coming back to the world, you could have asked the the person if they had any medical training huh <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> but yeah um so it was Here, take, take my arm let's let's go sit down <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um yeah super random and and weird but uh seems good actually this is a good idea this mm. is you know what you just gave me a good idea I would like to apologize in advance for any awkward uh, meetings or encounters that may occur uh, in the future yeah. or that have occurred in the past. Probably I, I'm, I'm sorry. We're, we're sorry. We're sorry. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry for any awkward conversation or weirdness that's happened in person. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, most of the time. You can't help it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> been trying our whole lives just just to be normal like just to just to interact with people in a reasonable way and yeah we're getting there right social interaction bravely the podcast yeah <laughs> um so it was an right. overall interesting experience it was fun and weird and uh yeah that was my my lvo trip so could have been worse didn't die didn't die very nice oh i very i did nice. i did uh because like frontline gaming has their like big used store right like so that was definitely oh. part of the plan is hit the used shop look for something because i i tend to buy from frontline gaming probably once every three or four months like not even knowing it like not even thinking about it like on like on ebay yeah because yeah. yeah, they got all yeah, that yeah. stuff on ebay and of course they had it in person in these big bins and everything um i didn't end up finding anything because I'm pretty sure their eBay prices are just better. Like they're uh, slightly they're 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 not individually pricing things at the convention. They just put like stickers on it that's oh this blue dot means it's X amount and they have a chart. 
So a lot of the stuff okay. there was like okay. just a little bit more expensive. I didn't find anything that just stood out to me. Of course, I was there like two days late too. So who knows how much of it was picked through. Um, yeah. But somebody came into uh, John and Scott's class and they're like, oh, hey, guys, not knowing who I was, which, you know, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but he, dude comes in with his buddy and he has this bag of models. And he's like, somebody just gave me these and I don't want them. And I thought maybe one of you could use them. And it's a Skaven Nurgle Blood Bowl team, like an old one. And immediately, uh-huh. of course, my I'm looking like, oh, man, like those are sweet. Right. Like uh, yeah. either either John yeah. or Scott is going to going to make out good on that. That's cool. And, and mm-hmm, John's mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't think I want these. I don't think Scott wants these, but I know the perfect person to give these to. And he just oh. yeah, he just hands them to me. And again, unfortunately, I think the guy was a little disappointed because <laughs> he didn't know it's like this kind of my thing, right? Like, that's what I do. But uh, yeah, so I, I ended up with a nice bag of, of Skaven Nurgle Blood Bowl players. <laughs> yeah. And, and a Duchess. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I mean, as always, we're sorry when we disappoint people uh, intentionally, unintentionally. We're, we're sorry. We're sorry. Intentionally? I'm not sorry at all. No, not in that case. No. 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 If I'm trying to disappoint uh, you, I, I will. And I will like it. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, I mean, I, I uh, was checking my, my social medias and I saw a lot of people having fun at that convention and, yeah. Wish wish we had something. Well, I guess there are some things on the East Coast. I think the East Coast is actually doing okay. I just need to go to more of them. But <laughs> I think that's yeah, it's true. Because uh, LBO uh-huh. has All been right. like the largest gaming one on the West Coast for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, although I think Frontline Gaming is trying to branch out more. Like they they were doing a, a like a Bay Area open, so San Francisco one that actually looked pretty cool. Um. It might be coming up still. I don't know. Um, but that would be fun because San Francisco is pretty cool. I like mm-hmm. I like San Francisco, yeah. Um, it's a long flight. But, but for uh, you, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be worth it. For me, yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. a nice four-hour drive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was LBO for me. It was, uh, it was good. Mostly, okay. Mostly good, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you survived. Sorry you fainted. That's a little bit scary, but hey, he getting older, you know, these things happen. I mean, that's what it feels like, man. You know, late thirties at this point, like things are just going downhill. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get no sleep. Enjoy the ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> otherwise feeling great, but you know. Uh yep. yeah, so well, mini painting is a lifelong hobby, and yeah, yeah, is so. So I I have this saying, you know, is, is as long as your hands and your eyes work like reasonably well, you can be mini painting. But you know, I, I'm not trying to exclude people who you know do have disabilities in either of those areas and still are able to mini paint. But really, as long as like 
half of your body is in order, you, you could probably mini paint. Like there's, I feel, I feel way. like you could find a way somehow. Yeah, get a, yeah. a, a some clamps and yeah, yeah, mini paint with. If you got one hand, paint with your good hand. If you, you know. Yeah. Hold the brush with your teeth. Like there are ways. Like people can do extraordinary things. We work through oh, yeah. all kinds of situations. And in in your case, you, you faint. <laughs> just hey, when you wake up, fix the mistakes you made and and keep going. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you get a little bit dizzy. Close your eyes for a little while. Maybe you know get yourself some major melon or something. And uh, that's fair. Yeah. Come back when you're ready. Yeah, no, I, I, I downed like two bottles of water and then uh, felt great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I still went, took a pretty cold shower and just went to sleep. <laughs> yeah. No, my, uh, my retirement home is going to have a lot of mini painters. I tell you that, though. It's a good call. We're, yeah. We're, we're running classes. Little events, maybe. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> you just start bringing in minis and setting them up at the tables. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, uh, it reminds me of uh, was it Happy Gilmore? He's making them make quilts. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like. We're behind schedule. Yeah. Like good news. Like, You're on the phone with somebody. Like good news. Arts and crafts time has been extended for another four hours. Yeah. Good news. Yeah. Send people out for landscaping duty when they can't can't paint the eyes quite right. Like, yeah. That's that's definitely uh that's that's a good goal. Get your entire. We don't actually have to be old to run a retirement home. Oh yeah. That's... We can... That's a very good point. Ben Ben Stiller was doing that job when he was 30 years old, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I can't grow a mustache like that. I mean, I I, I get a pretty good one, but I can't get it all the way down like he's got it. Like, I mean, I guess maybe if I cut it that way. I don't know. That'd be weird. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. yeah, Ben Ben Stiller's had a couple of good roles. The the making the old people do arts and crafts time was pretty good. Yeah, um, but also he was in Heavyweights and he was in mm-hmm. Dodgeball. And I think Dodgeball he might have had similar facial hair. He did, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, what's this podcast about? <laughs> this is about minis. It's... I got yeah. I... I got some minis in the mail. I got I I think we both backed the the Relic Blade Kickstarter, the Catacombs of Corral. Yes. This is a this is the single player expansion to Relic Blade. Yeah, the dungeon crawling and... like single player and multiplayer, of course, but it has all of it put together. Very excited about it. Uh Sean told us about it a while back. And I've been waiting for it, waiting for it, and you have your copy and Everybody else has their copy. Well, I don't have my copy, Sean. Malev will take care of that. As soon as he listens to this podcast, he'll he'll check the records and yeah. uh, get that squared away. So I haven't I haven't I've got my rule book. I haven't read it, but like I've been looking at the pictures and man, I love these I love these pictures in the Relic Blade book here. But the Relic Blade books are good. God. Yeah. A lot of good ah, stuff so, going on. So good. Yeah. So good. That that Sean. That Sean with his little art style there. So good. Yeah. Anyway, got my got my battle picks, but I don't have my yep 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 catacombs of whatever it's called. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Uh, I also got in the mail, what I've been flipping through here is from Black Sight Studios, which is, oh, don't hold me to this, but they're a company that, among other things, makes MDF terrain, mm -hmm. and uh, at least a couple of their kits are designed specifically to work with Relic Blade, so uh, Metal King Studio that makes Relic Blade and Black Sight Studios are pals, right? That's fair. I don't know. Seems like they have a, I mean, a they, healthy business relationship. Yeah, they do the official Relic Blade terrain and, uh, uh, like, big mouse pads, right? Like, boards, I guess. Mm. Yeah. No, man, that, that terrain, though, the, like, big set for Relic Blade that they sell is so good. Like, it looks so it good. It looks so, like, the MDF's all, like, pre-painted and nice looking. It's not just, like, crap MDF put together pretty sure is it pre-painted i'm pretty sure oh i hope it is oh i thought i was just looking at the thought like malev like painted up a set of of <laughs> like blades i thought it stuff, was all just like ink jetted on there or something i don't know i i that could actually be sounds wrong. pretty cool all right i could be wrong anyway Maybe don't quote me on that but either way i've had that like i've gone to that site probably four or five times like like i'll get some extra money or something i'll sell a model and I'll be like, man, that train's looking pretty good right now. And I seriously put it in the cart and I sit and it's like, it's a decent amount of money, right? It's, it's 130 or 40 bucks or something. It could be worse, but like, it's just terrain. And I don't usually need, like, I have a lot of terrain already. I can fill out a huge board. It's fine. But like, this stuff looks so good. And every time yeah, I- where are you going to put your battle pigs? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I do need a place to put them. Like, a permanent setup would be nice. Like, a little coffee table just yeah. with a Relic Blade thing on it and have all the minis and stuff. That's what I need right here. I need I need one of those coffee tables. I've been looking at that, too, okay? Like, legitimately, there's, like, game coffee tables you can buy that have, a, a like, a top that lifts up so that you can sit oh, and yeah. it's just right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. So, I've been kind of thinking about something like that. So, having, like, a permanent terrain set for my coffee table would be... Mm. See, now, mm. now I feel like I'm going to go to that website and put that in my cart and not buy it again. That'll make me feel good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, that'll, that'll be good. That'll be good. Um, anyway, where I was going with this is uh, Black Sight Studios is now selling a, a little skirmish game here. Mm. Yaf Siga. Ooh, that's a nice looking Yaf, look. Yaf Siga. Yeah. And, uh, Spiffy. Yeah. Malev was being all sneaky. Malev Flow Shinobi, follow him on Twitch. And he got Black Sight Studio to send me over a rule book and a couple oh. of models here. And uh, you know, very different art style from, from Sean, but some, some pretty stuff in here. Oh. I haven't read a word of this, but I flipped through <laughs> and looked at some pictures. That's a thick It is a dire, dire skirmish game at a dwindling age. And I saw some hmm. kind of like medieval, but also some... Maybe maybe Japanese inspired, a little bit of Roman even too in there. Okay, but okay. We'll, well, I'm gonna look into this. Yeah, I'm look into this. That's for sure. So well, that's cool. It's yeah, not yeah, bad yeah. At all. I, I don't know. I guess that's that's what's new with me. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, flipping through Yaf Siga. That's. What do you want from me? I, I didn't go anywhere this week. <laughs> no, um, that's fair. You're going somewhere next week. So yeah. plan on yeah. plan on listening for that because, you know, whatever you're going to be doing in 
Denmark, I'm sure, is going to be fascinating. Yeah, why would somebody go to Denmark? It doesn't even make sense. I mean, I can um, think of one good reason that most people could guess, but, you know, I'm not going to say. Yeah, Copenhagen. Get some Danishes. Uh, that's... <laughs> Just flying there for that. Yeah, yeah. As long as I don't call the people living in Denmark the Dutch, I should be good. I mean, I always get those confused. I mean... The, 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 Maybe the just Netherlands people are the Dutch. Don't try the and Dutch. I, I don't know what in what context that would actually come up. So I, I've seen some examples of their words in Denmark, and I can't pronounce a single word of Danish. Like I, I'm just gonna try not to talk to any of those people. That's kind of what I would do. I would just not even don't make eye contact yeah. until you get to the wherever to do uh -huh. the whatever thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. That's good advice. Um, what else? Oh, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about today is just a l quick little recap on on the magic OGL situation. Oh, yeah. Just because, like, like right after we recorded last time, uh, yeah. Wizards and Hasbro backed off of of what they were trying to do there. So. Yeah, Magic Open Gaming License is the legal agreement that allows third-party publishers to publish expansion packs to D&D &D that use the, the core rules and nice little symbiotic relationship that's been going on for 20-something years now between third-party publishers and the, the, the big boy of Dungeons & Dragons, currently stewarded by Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro. Um, anyway, the month back... Uh, Wizards tried to pull a fast one and change that agreement, which caused a lot of stress for third-party publishers and uh, caused a lot of anger from the entire community. And, you know, it was, it was a nice little, little soap opera drama there <laughs> of Wizards trying to regal out of the backlash while still making the changes they wanted to make. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they <laughs> just lost every exchange. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did the, not go the well community for them. was united. <laughs> yeah. Like how many how many and, books of Pathfinder did like sold in that that like Oh my few goodness. <laughs> every store sold so, out across the country. Yeah. Overall, I think the situation was a good thing for the gaming community because gamers like realized that they don't need the the big monopoly that they can get games from other places or just mm -hmm. straight from their imagination like you don't like dungeons and dragons is a free game oh yeah like, enough enough books are out there enough pdfs are out there like nobody ever needs to buy a book again yeah like you yeah you and your friend are are going to the the jousting tournament and you're coming in from the village and there's a bridge across the river and there's a troll on the bridge and the troll wants you to pay a toll. Mm. What do you do? I'm going to give him this boy's uh, soul. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he's making all kinds of threats, this troll. And I don't know. Little Jimmy wants to try to swim across the river. Mm. All right, Jimmy, roll, roll a dice. Right. What kind of dice? It doesn't matter. Roll a dice. Let me know how you do. Uh, I got, I got an eight on a D10. Okay. I think you made it across the river. Good job. <laughs> what, 
Timmy, what are you going to do? I'm going to try to fight the troll. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you, roll a, you roll a dice. Timmy gets stopped. I, I rolled a... Yeah. Timmy Timmy rolled a six. Well, that's not very good, Timmy. Yeah, but it was a D6 that I rolled. Okay. All right. That, that's all right, Timmy. Like, you don't need rules to play an RPG. Like, fair, they, yeah. you know, it helps for a framework, but you don't. It's just... <laughs> yeah. You're, you're sitting around telling a story together, and... Um, yeah, and, and the third-party publishers are adding so much more to the community than the than the central rule set is. And uh, it, was, it was really cool to see an entire community come together and the the amount of you know youtube content for example like every content creator in in the D sphere was defending the the game and the community that they love mm-hmm. and uh fighting back against the monopolistic company and it was really cool to see uh because so so where this is going is that like right after we recorded last time Wizards backed off, said we're not going to change the open game license for at least for fifth edition D and D, and they actually even put the what standard rules document for fifth edition D and D up as a Creative Commons license. So yeah. uh, they they <laughs> they went further than just backpedaling, which is well, they're gonna have to do something. <laughs> yeah, they, they needed to make some sign of contrition, and I still don't think it was enough because, like you said, yeah, uh, Pathfinder sold a lot of books, a <laughs> yeah. lot of books, <laughs> like I mean, all their books. That Pathfinder <laughs> sold all their books. <laughs> oh man, Which, it it is good. I like overall. I think getting away from like the big stuff, right? You know, we talk about that in wargaming a lot. You know, like oh, well, you know, have you played one page rules? Have you played whatever I, I don't know there's too many even like i'm just thinking of right now but any other war game other than a games workshop war game generally yeah. just as fun probably more fun in a lot of cases the games workshop just happens to be the biggest they happen to have all mm-hmm. the stuff and that's fine whatever i play warhammer i like warhammer um but like i really like relic blade models too <laughs> you know so having that kind of jolt all of a sudden and like almost forcing your hand definitely opens up a lot more avenues. And I think it's overall going to be better for the future. We're going to have more creativity, people using, uh, you know, mechanics and ideas and, and meshing all this stuff together, creating even better games down the line. Right. Like, who knows? Yeah. I mean, D&D will probably survive. Like, oh, for you know, sure. they're for they're sure. fine. Right. But these other companies might not have in 10, 15 years. So that's that's going to give some people like an actual needed boost. Uh, I think it's great. Like, yeah. yeah. Wizards of the Coast can suck yeah. it. Yep, yep. <laughs> and no, just a, a great example of, of collective action and of a community banding together around the thing that they love and... I mean, we, yeah, we, we come from the wargaming side of things and there's a similar situation of one big company and then a whole lot of third party creators who are not making things that are officially related, but like there's a lot of proxies and, and yeah. accessories and stuff like that. No, not officially um, related, but 
definitely no, 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 not officially related. Like a distant third, fourth cousinish kind of deal related, you know? Like yeah. The Battle Brothers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We met once a while back, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um But yeah, it's a situation where there's there's a big company that really has a lot of sway over the entire hobby, the, the you know, that industry. Um, I don't know what the, the numbers are, but Games Workshop gets like 80, 85% of, of all of the, the dollars in, in all of, you know, miniature tabletop games, yeah. something like that. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe more. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I would think it's probably more considering yeah, like. It might be 90, maybe 90%. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a, most of it. It's a lot of it. Um. And because they are, you know, kind of a monopoly, they they get away with doing, you know, the stuff that big businesses do. And our expectations for for big 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 businesses are are not high. But yeah, yeah. Even then, sometimes they they don't quite cross the bar. So right. Oh, I did. I did want to bring up the fact that because uh, we had talked about this earlier, like. Um, a lot of the employees were like doing the leaks right from inside yep. of wizards yep cuz they were yep. upset as well and that's definitely something yeah. you don't see uh very often well that's a i mean that's a sign of serious problems or serious mistakes at the company yeah. like yeah. the the move to yeah try to 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 take back market share from the third party publishers that were working as <laughs> symbiotic helpers in growing Dungeons and Dragons, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the um, Watsi was trying to find a way to to make sure that they could grab back some of the dollars from the third party publishers, and uh, obviously the third party publishers weren't cool with that. It was nice to see that like most of the customers. Pretty much all of the customers were not super cool with that, mm -hmm. and um, and then the icing on the cake was part of the reason why all this blew up was because there was a steady stream of leaks coming from inside the house, yeah. from inside Wizards of the Coast, and and that just means that like everybody who loves D and D in general, including people who who work there and are not supposed to be leaking information, were like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Too the, important not to. These terrible, uh, these terrible ideas are coming from the following two people, uh, who, by yeah. the way, are terrible managers and verbally abuse, uh, <laughs> their employees. <laughs> and, uh, here are some examples of that. <laughs> and, like, you were getting those leaks from, like, multiple, multiple, uh, em employees at, at Wizards. And that is just not the sign of a healthy company. Like that's like serious mistakes are being made there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and yeah. Again, we we expect big companies to be doing terrible things. That that is not a surprise. But it's good to see that um, if the community decides that they are going to push back on something, mm -hmm. that it works. Like uh. For for all of this stuff, like the 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 only reason the companies are big is is because the you know community allows them to be, and yeah. uh, sometimes the pushback works. And yeah, in in miniature wargaming, I don't think Games Workshop has ever screwed up as bad as Watsy just did with the open game license. No, I don't. Um, I don't think so. Not technically. I think they. 
they frequently make smaller screw ups. Yeah, more um, frequent, they, but smaller. <laughs> much more frequent. I mean, yeah. much like uh, yearly price increases, uh, uh, a little NDA situation from last year, cursed city, uh, 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 gaslighting around cursed city. Like, there's. Uh, yes. um, like if if we were diligent in making a list, we we there would be, I mean there'd be like twenty stupid non scandals every year from Games Workshop. Like the the Tau gun was too powerful. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. The, Holy crap! The space dwarves were too powerful. Like yeah. it, it, I mean, like okay, like you, you put that in into one like balance issues question mark uh may, maybe is the line item but that's that's only been um, like a 30 year ongoing thing anyway so yeah i don't know why it actually yeah, matters like let the people have their fancy dwarves that's that's, that's just fine. one item that's 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 not 20 different actual <laughs> bad news cycles or it shouldn't it shouldn't be 20 actual bad news <laughs> right, cycles a year right um but every year there are like a couple of like, okay, this is a medium sized screw up from Games Workshop that the community shouldn't be super happy about. And unfortunately, it, it never reaches the level where the entire community agrees to push back against something. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why it was so fascinating for me to see the D&D community push back against against Wizards. And it really was... Like a hundred percent of the community was either uh, in agreement or at least staying silent. Uh, in in Warhammer, you'll get easily ten oh, yeah. percent of bootlickers being well. Yeah. They gotta make a profit. Yeah, they increase prices by ten percent again this year, but you gotta make a profit. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, or 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 whatever the situation is, you'll you will always find somebody being like, yeah, well, they. They have stocks, so like, yeah, they have to be terrible to their consumers. Like, what, what do you, what do you expect? <laughs> um, and it was just so nice to not see ten percent of a community fighting against the the rest of the community. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there, there was uh, Games Workshop. I think did just make one of these medium sized mistakes. And oh, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it yet. I mean, do you want to introduce it, Casey? I hope we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe they made oh, two. That'd be I weird. Um, so, what was it? The last was it the masterclass? I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. So, the last masterclass video that went up on Warhammer Plus, um, you know, not super different from any other masterclass, other than. I don't know who taught it or painted the model or anything about them. It, it just showed hands. There was nobody in that video. Their voice was there. The voice sounded familiar. Oh yeah. Like like I feel I feel like I've heard that voice before. Um for the last year and a half of masterclass videos, the the little like paragraph blurb next to the thumbnail of the video says who the presenter is. Yeah. There you know, over the last like fifty masterclass videos, I think, I think they forgot to put the presenter's name in like three of the first fifty masterclass videos. Sure, um, that's a. But for the what? last three, they didn't have a presenter name. Like like all in a row, the last yeah. three masterclass videos, they didn't have the name of the presenter in the in the little thumbnail blurb, and. Um, 
for all of the Masterclass videos, we got a face shot of who the presenter was, telling the audience what, what the video was about. We got to see the cool uh, set design behind them and everything, a little Masterclass set. Um, but yeah, the last video, <laughs> there was no face. Um, the voice, you know, the voice reminded me of Louise Sugden, mm. um, who, who at least like used to work there. Used to work there. Um, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah, I've definitely seen videos that were Louise before. Like the voice sounded like videos. Right. That was, that had been specifically credited to Louise before. Hand, but... Hands look similar too. So, you know. You know, I think it actually could have been Luis. I think she still works there. I think she does still work there. I would, so, would think so. And and she was the original Masterclass yeah. host. And she's why, she's actually the reason, maybe not the reason why people signed up for Warhammer Plus in the first place. I, but I, I think, think she a, is the like reason. Maybe a good she, percentage of some the of people. Them, yeah. That's I think I she's the reason why a lot of people stayed subscribed like yeah straight up i stayed subscribed for the second year uh because i wanted to support i thought that was the best part of warhammer plus mm -hmm. that specifically Luis was was the best part of warhammer plus like the entire platform that's fair um and uh so yeah it, it was hard to tell in the last video no face no nameplate um yeah, it just seemed weird. And so, and so, you know, this was the first time I noticed this on Masterclass on Warhammer Plus. But actually, for the last couple of weeks, the painting presenters on the Warhammer YouTube channel yeah. also have not been credited by name. Actually, they have not been credited by name for a, for a while now. Um, right. But they also did not have face shots. So... I've been I've been able to figure out that uh, Lizzie normally goes with uh, clear or light colored nail polish. Um, Emma normally goes with like a like a dark uh, black or, or dark purple nail polish, um, and so so I I think you can do it that way. Uh, Emma also has uh, arm tattoos, so depending on the shot, you can kind of see those, but. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a hypothesis, Casey, um, that Warhammer or Games Workshop in, in their normal fashion of not crediting artists mm, mm. It, it, it is like ratcheting further. And it seems like they keep ratchet, ratchet, crank, 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 crank. Yeah. Um, you know, at first, no artist names on codices. And that, I, I don't even know what the order was. But then, like, we get to Warhammer Plus and there's like animated shows where uh like one voice actor is credited and <laughs> like the composer of the music uh people they hired out for yeah right like the the, the people who would not sign a contract uh -huh. for <laughs> to be completely uncredited but of course um, yeah seems uh, seeing, a, seeing a pattern here though for sure yeah i mean I mean, last year, like the the magic cards that had the Warhammer 40k magic cards, the, yeah. the commander decks. Um, some of those, some of the artworks on on the magic cards, which Magic normally does a pretty dang good job of crediting I mean, the that's art on every part card. of why like people the physical, like Magic. Yeah, yeah, like the physical 
card underneath the art on the card yeah. will have the the name or the pen name you know professional name of the artist yes and uh except for the 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 warhammer cards it just said games workshop art Ooh. by games workshop and including including pieces of of art that are like absolute classics like right. the, the <laughs> uh yeah the I almost said the Iron Throne, the Golden Throne, the the Throne of the Emperor. There, um, it just says by by Games Workshop. Like I'm right. pretty sure that's a well now brain fart, but like John Blanche, yeah. right? I think that I think that's the person who made that art. But um, it's like well known who drew that picture of a chair because right. it and, it used uh, to have their names <laughs> in all the the codexes and all the battle tomes or whatever all, all that stuff and i mean that honestly like growing up like when i started in on warhammer which again was only for a couple of years it was like i would open up and it would be like oh this is so-and-so's uh eldar army right in my eldar codex and be like wow like there's the dude there's a picture of him here's his army and mm -hmm. it's in this book mm -hmm. and it's like this is how you can potentially paint this right this is the person yeah. that did that yep that was always great. Yeah. And they've just slowly like hamstrung their staff for the last 30 years and to the point now where I suppose they don't want another Duncan Peachy situation, but like, okay, there are probably other ways to, you know, not have that happen. Right. <laughs> there, there are always, uh, you know, conspiracy theories and urban legends and i mean sure. just theories in general yeah, the word yeah. theories in general of like <laughs> why, why would games workshop do this why why does a business make the choices they do mm -hmm. and um some of the theories that float around like sound reasonable some of the theories that float around like uh no that's i don't even know why it's getting repeated but um i would actually believe yeah that uh Duncan and then Peachy leaving Games Workshop. I would, I would, I I'd believe that hypothesis that that those two departures had something to do with deciding not to show the faces of painting presenters to not um, make them popular enough to be able to get another job in the future. Like I think, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I I I would believe that theory that they are trying to kneecap their own presenters so that they don't yeah. build a following of people who you know show loyalty to them to make it harder for those people to leave and you know for example start a youtube channel i mean um, they did it with darren latham yeah yeah the <laughs> the day that uh darren latham's youtube channel was was fully taken down was the day that warhammer plus launched in in 2021 coincidence like that they made him stop posting videos you know yeah six months before that or so yeah. um basically when they knew presumably when they knew that they were going to make at, at plus. least in in okay just just because again these are yeah. theories these are theories but there's there's <laughs> they're ones that have been floating around my brain and like seem reasonable right but, conspiracy theories yeah. always have that little bit like it's connecting dots right and that's that's why so many people are just in on them because it makes so much sense, right? Yeah. The universe is too big not to have aliens. Oh, there's definitely aliens out oh, there. Oh, I definitely think that, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. Probably not on the moon or, you know, whatever. Not on the moon. No, 
No, not no, on the moon. Probably, probably not. No, but we checked. I mean, we did check. Although maybe we didn't. Uh, maybe we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Although I watched that Big Bang Theory episode where they did the thing with the laser to prove it. Apparently, that's a real thing. So I think we did, but maybe that's fake too. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, Warhammer Plus. <laughs> Uh, continue Casey you you got the thread there uh, you got it honestly I don't I don't I don't understand for a a second why that makes any damn sense to them like you're just taking away the reason to want to engage in content like that or to even care about content like that's like it's great you know cool like they paint really well right all of the painters they've ever had like paint really well and a lot of people quote unquote grew up on you know Duncan two thin coats right sure. like starting Warhammer and learning how to paint that's how a lot of people got into it but like at yeah. this point in the game there are alternatives and it seems to be a little weird to take this thing that is still a huge channel right like Warhammer just their YouTube you want to include the mm-hmm. Warhammer Plus stuff too, sure. And, and to take away the the actual personality, that's insane to yeah. me. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. So, th- th- I mean, this is an interesting topic. Like for for the viewer, I, I don't know how much of a difference it makes having uh, a face and a name versus just having the the talented hands and the the cheerful british voice yeah. um like i think i think the experience is almost as good like there's there's definitely you are lacking some personal connection there. I mean, at least they let them um, talk if you I just guess. want to learn how to speak yeah the, but um, I mean, in the case of Luis, like you, you see, you know, posts on, on Reddit and stuff like that of, you know, my, I took my daughter to Warhammer World and she saw Luis there and my nine-year-old daughter got super excited yeah. and like, there's some serious power there that, right. uh, you know, for the future that goes away if you are no longer showing the, the you know female uh, presenters on on Warhammer YouTube channel and Warhammer Plus like um there's there's damage being done there uh you know in addition to just the little less relatable relatability of the videos right nobody's thinking of the but, children so, yeah but no, you got to think of the children like uh, you, you are making a really good point about that though like if if it's going to be about strictly this is how you apply color to a model, then it better be like step one, get out your blue paint, paint those pants blue. Step two, paint that shirt. You know what I mean? Like, like make it an instructional thing, not a, a like fun thing whatever like camera angles yeah. and getting in there and talking about technique and whatever like an actual class right like make it an instruction manual that you can package with a qr code on your thing on your box right if that's the way you're gonna go because there isn't really a middle ground 
if you're taking away personality and you're taking away the faces of the people that are behind this company, first of all, people mm-hmm. are going to see that company in a worse light in the long term because yep. it's just a faceless corporation, right? That's what we, yep. we talk about, even though we know for a fact that people in Wizards of the Coast, people in Games Workshop are good people. They want to be there because they love the thing that they're doing, right? Right. So now you're you're cutting off that interaction, even if they're still talking, whatever. You're, you're still taking that away. The kid who is now connecting with that person through essentially what is the new way that kids watch media these days, like through YouTube and TikTok and whatever the hell you want to look at, that's connecting with a person and what they're about and, and that kind of thing. Like, you're going to only reserve this hobby for people who are already in it. Like, you're seriously, you're just cutting it off the legs. How are you going to yeah. get new people into it? Yeah, the, you, you're losing some some personal connection there. And... I don't know. Like I'm, I'm torn on this issue. Like I think from, in some ways the videos are like, they're just as useful in terms of learning how to paint. Sure. Like you don't need to show a face to, to convey the idea of how to, how to put paint on the brush and then put it on the model. Um, so like I, I could entertain an argument like, yeah, the videos are, the tutorial videos are just as, as fine now as they've ever been. Well, I'm sure they're still trying just as hard to make them as they were before. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's the same people there still painting very well, trying to film very well, trying to make good content. Um, And so so my uh, concern is uh, twofold. One, just the broader trend of not crediting artists is awful. And like we've talked about how like bad Wizards of the Coast has been recently, (laughs) but they still put the artist names on their magic cards. Yeah. Except for when they worked with Games Workshop. Like, <laughs> yeah, I wonder who made that um, decision. <laughs> right, 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 right. Or right. They, they asked. Yeah. Wizards just know? like, hey, let's try something new this time. Yeah, yeah. like, no, no, no. Um, oh, man. And then and then the, the other thing that, that gives me feel-bads about this is for the, the handful of presenters at, at Games Workshop who have basically been demoted. Right, like, yeah. Uh, a month ago, they were the face of the company. They were, you know, sharing the hobby with people and and people were getting to know them. And uh, I mean, yeah, the, the comparison to Duncan makes sense. Like, um, I bet a lot of people at Games Workshop, like, have, have the dream of, of being Duncan someday, you know, <laughs> of... Yeah. of 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 being the face for uh, this this company and and this hobby that they uh, love probably most of the time some of the time, <laughs> um, and 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 now basically the the handful of presenters at GW have been demoted. Yeah, they went from face of the company to hands, you know, uncredited hands. Right, face of the company straight to cogs cogs of the company and yeah it's just uh, that that feels bad and um yeah i think i think most of the damage of that move was to those individuals who um again some of them are definitely like most valuable employees at that company like um like when duncan was there duncan straight up was the most valuable person at that company 
mm-hmm. and I don't know, you maybe make an argument for, for a handful of others, but uh, you could make a very, very good argument for Duncan. Um, yeah. But when, <laughs> uh, but they were unable to retain Duncan and I have no idea what happened behind the scenes there. Um, but like a good HR department will find ways to retain talent, to retain valuable employees. Yeah. And uh, in this case, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about five or six painting presenters who have gone from faces to faceless in the last month. And um, I think they're, I think they're all more valuable than the average games workshop employee. But I think Luis in particular uh, makes that company a lot of money and and has the potential to keep making that company a lot of money in the future. Um, but they just demoted their most valuable employee, like straight up, that's what it was. And that sucks. It's a, And it's, you know, it's a bad business move that we can talk about for fun, but there are also real people who are having a really bad month. And I, that I sucks. would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. that just, I don't know. I i guess I just feel bad, yeah, for for those people because they are in a position to connect with an audience. I mean, that's that's the whole point, right? Like, or why are you even right. filming it in, in the first place? It, like, it, unless, like I said, it's it's strictly for instructional purposes in, like, the driest sense, right? Like, I'm reading this manual and I would like to know more. But then why not just right, do that? Like right, right, right. you positioned yourself to be this thing and now you're changing it. Like that's not how like running any kind of business works. Like you need to make a strategic decision, not just because you don't want somebody to like somehow become better at life or do something bigger than your company. Yeah. Like even so, even if even if all of those presenters leave and end up being like awesome painters on YouTube and doing all this stuff and having a career like there are other painters it can be a track yeah. for people, right? Like I don't know, it just seems crazy to me. There's it's just it's so backward. Yeah. Um the Okay. So in 2021, what was it like September 2021 that Warhammer Plus launched? Something like that. They yeah. built they built a set for Warhammer Masterclass. Right. And it's a very nice set. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's nice nicer than and my set. That's the purpose sure. of that set is a background for when you film the face <laughs> yes, exactly. of the person who is <laughs> presenting at a desk facing yeah. forward. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say like, hey, Luis, get out of the chair, go to the other room. We're going to film the empty set for a second here to get a little bit of B-roll before we cut back to your hands. I wonder. I, yeah. Maybe I should try just filming my hands. I wonder how that's going to go. <laughs> just sit back a little. Or, or yeah, sit, yeah, lean way back. Yeah. <laughs> Luis, can you hide under the table for a minute? We're going to get some B-roll yeah. the set. Yeah, the set looks you can keep good. Your, so. You can keep your hands on the table if you, <laughs> you just want. Hold yeah. that. See, I'd love to see that shot. Like, just taking the piss, right? It's her under the table with her hands above, like, just be... <laughs> yeah. Just a little. Just give me a, so, give me a quick shot. Just one of those. So, uh, a little, little other tidbit. Um, 
I, normally the presenters will give themselves give each other like shout outs on on social media like great great video today from so and so um i've been seeing it a lot more in the last <laughs> month like like one presenter's like hey check out this video from from so and so hey check out this video made by so and so hey so and so made a made a great video i've been seeing those presenters do that a lot more on social media yeah which is a perfectly reasonable thing to do in general that's uh it makes good business sense and it's and it's polite and it and it's kind um but also in this case it is the only way that they're getting credited for their work mm -hmm. which they were automatically being credited for last year right um right. so uh yeah and again i'm i'm working under the theory that this is uh, the, the change between 2021 when they built the Masterclass Studio and now, like the major event was that Peachy left. Like that was that was the that that's all that happened in 2022 is like Peachy left, and so now there's changes being made to whether or not presenters are on camera. Yeah. And um, yeah, Peachy is making Games Workshop more money now than he was making when he was working for them. Yeah. And he is not being paid by Games Workshop now. <laughs> so, like, this has been a good development. Right, so again, what's the um, problem? What is what's, the issue? What's the problem? Like, like Duncan, Duncan has always made, or at least for the last 10 years, Duncan has made Games Workshop a lot of money. Um, I would say that in the last two and a half years, or however long it's been since Duncan left, he has made more money for Games Workshop than he ever made while he was working for them. And he, he is providing an entirely new on-ramp into the hobby by by running an independent, independent media site. Yeah. He is providing people with a new way to get interested in Warhammer. He is doing it entirely for free for Games Workshop. And, uh, you know, stop typing. I know Duncan has released a line of paints, but... What do you think people are putting those paints on? What do you, th like, what, what do you think Duncan is putting those paints on? Right. <laughs> right? Like, he paints a lot of Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think you could even make... I, I don't know. I'd be interested in hearing the argument that, um, you know, the existence of two thin coats paint may have even increased sale of Citadel paint. Like, you know, the, the whole uh, interaction of a Burger King makes more money if it's sitting right next to a McDonald's. Right. Like the, you know, people, more people painting, more people thinking about paint, more people going into hobby stores to buy models and paints and stuff. Um, I'm I'm not sure that the existence of two thin coats has reduced the sales for for Citadel I paints. I'm not can't I'm not imagine convinced on that, that it has because yeah. okay, uh, like I just went out and purchased all of Pro Acryl, a and then last time mm -hmm. I was at the store, I bought a bunch of Scale seventy five. It doesn't matter. Like if I run out of yeah. uh, uh, Citadel paint that I actually like and use often, I'm gonna go buy another pot. Yeah. Like the day will come fine. when I buy another bottle of Moot Green. The day right, will come right. when I need more Incubi <laughs> Darkness. Yeah. Like to that Incubi I actually need some more Incubi Darkness. I'm running low. 
man that's yeah see it's you so see? good it's like, such a good like, color it just is it's yeah. just the proper yeah, yeah. shade of teal like dark teal yeah yeah but these the even if the warhammer presenters end up leaving the employment of games workshop they will still find a way to make money for games workshop and in their future endeavors, Games Workshop won't have to pay them for that. Like, Games mm-hmm. Workshop no longer pays Duncan, no longer pays Peachy, but those two are still making so much money for that company. So the alumni from Warhammer presenters are still very effective yeah. for that company. Um, and... And that's in the situation where the HR department is not able to retain that talent. Like if they maybe found a different strategy to try to get their valuable employees to stay around, like I don't think they're paying them that much. You can increase that small amount that you pay them by 10% every year and like you can still not pay them very much and they'll stay around and they'll keep (laughs) vastly (laughs) – bringing in more money yeah. than, than it costs to keep them. So in the case of like just <sighs> Duncan, right. We'll just, we'll just go back that far. Um, how yeah. many subscribers does the Warhammer channel have? Like 450,000. I think it's, it's, I think it's getting close to 600,000. Even better. Okay. It's a, it's a good number. Yeah, yeah. Good number. Their videos get a lot of views. Like less mostly these days. mostly old Duncan right, videos. I know. Less yes. these days, that's why I'm using them as an example. Okay. Even <laughs> even six years ago, right? Five years ago, YouTube was still paying really well for, for ad revenue. It's it's a good amount. And with the kinds of views that especially those Duncan videos were getting, it's like that's free money for games workshop, right? Because it's all under their banner. Yeah. That they could yep. have easily been like, well, we'll just give you the ad revenue for YouTube. More incentive to do a better job, to put out more content, to uh, along with whatever. Like, I don't know how the, all that went down, but like, there are definitely ways, right? Like viable options to to keep someone around. I mm-hmm. mean, we don't know for sure the whole story, of course, but it does seem yeah. like in any case, like there is some way to pay people the right amount of money to not want to start a YouTube channel as a better option to working for a company that's been around for 40 years. As a, not want to start a YouTube channel as, as a better option than being the face of the most important hobby yes. company in tabletop. Exactly. Working. Yeah. There has to um, be a better option. There has to be another way to retain these, these employees. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've been a manager before, like yeah. it, it's can be, relatively straightforward to make people feel like they're valued in their workplace like (laughs) yeah like you you um, go out of your way to do things to help them have a better day at work right like they want to stay there they're making good money they're doing the thing they want to do like everybody wins right so you gotta wonder you just have to wonder so so if it is the case that they stopped putting uh, you know, faces on their videos because they don't want to create personalities who then have enough momentum to leave if they want to. Like the idea of retaining employees by hurting their future <laughs> job prospects uh-uh. or by hurting their <laughs> professional development is is like yeah, uh, and and 
again, um, there's a book out there somewhere. There's there are always theories floating around, <laughs> and I am just going with this theory because I'm pretty sure it's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, it's like, is it the most likely thing? Like, yeah. Just, just look uh, it, historically. It makes it, a lot of sense yeah. <laughs> based on like the timing of various departures and stuff like that. But yes, um, yes, it does. Yeah. Duncan, Duncan left. So what they did was they hired like four or five new presenters right. to to diversify. <laughs> uh, Peachy left, so they stopped putting faces in the videos. Like, you, so again, what, what's coming next? coming out of nowhere? But like it it tracks. Um, but yeah, again, the the Warhammer community will will find ways to defend Games Workshop, or like mm. you know, at least ten percent of the Warhammer community will always say like, "You gotta stunt your employee growth so that they can't leave you," which is not what a good manager does, which is not what a good employer does, which is it doesn't make sense, like doesn't make business sense, but it's the kind of small minded thinking that I I could see coming from that company. Yeah. Um, but dang, man, um, there's, there's this, um, this, this habit of not responding to criticism that Games Workshop has, and yeah. it is very effective. So anytime they, they step in a pile of poo or make a mistake or raise prices, they have a strategy of not responding to it. And there's this interesting phenomenon where, you know, we, us nerds get to talking like, why did this happen? Why, why did they do this? What, what do you think's going on behind the scenes? And there's normally like an answer, like, uh, it was a cynical business decision made by somebody who's not good at business. Like that's normally the correct answer. Um, or it's, or it's a cynical, sometimes it's a cynical business decision made by somebody who is good at business, but doesn't understand what makes the hobby special or, or something like that right but I, I do think that's where it mostly falls in it it's like oh well yeah. it's the people in suits who don't actually paint or play or know anything about it right. but are in charge of running the business to make their stockholders the most amount of money every year right yeah that's that's where i, I some, see that go <laughs> some of the businesses some of the decisions i'm pretty sure are made by somebody who their entire professional experience was that they were like assistant manager at a Warhammer store 23 years ago <laughs> in, um, I don't know, Leeds. I, I don't right, know, name right. another uh, British town. Um, but it, but anyway, Sorry. there's there's this London. there's this way that us nerds like crowdsource explanations for why GW does what it does, and it us nerds end up coming up with better possible explanations than what the real explanation was. Right. It's the simplest is so, usually the right one. We, we tend to overthink things. Yeah. So, okay. So, so cursed city, for example, mm -hmm. uh, the launch of cursed city is, is botched. Um, there's, there are uh, discrepancies in communication about whether they have plans for actually supporting the game of cursed city, um, whether there really will be any expansion sets, uh, you know, all that stuff. The 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 communication was botched at, at the beginning, coming out of from Games Workshop. The sets sold out immediately. Uh, Games Workshop went into radio silence mode. 
deleted some of their social media posts <laughs> that implied that the that the game would be supported like yeah. there was uh there was something shady going on around that time now the you know the simplest explanation is honestly that somebody misread a memo like between two departments at games workshop somebody misread a memo uh one team was hyping it up as something it wasn't you know something like that like like the the simplest explanation is some sort of internal mess up yeah now but games workshop stays silent about what actually happened and so the community starts crowdsourcing explanations which turns into crowdsourcing excuses and so within a couple of weeks the community is like nah the man covid the cardboard is too expensive to make right. um and also there was a legal dispute coming out of uh bethesda yeah, because yeah. this one word is used by the nords and skyrim oh my goodness and um and i think i think the community kind of settled on like uh covid cardboard china and yeah. the what the the evergreen boat man i like, totally like, forgot stuck about in the those canal. very specific yeah. reasons why i totally forgot about right. that. that's insane to me <laughs> but like there's there's this theory crafting and spinning yeah. and again games workshop just silent about right. whatever it is they messed up to cause you know the the miscommunication and the the gaslighting behind the release of cursed city but the community fabricates explanations which turn into excuses and there's a subset of the community that will pick the one that ascribes no blame to games workshop so the right. one that ended up kind of being the winner was uh covid china cardboard manufacturing not their fault what do you want them to do all the cardboard is stuck uh in the in the canal and uh, <laughs> right the canal with the one guy trying yeah, and, to dig it out, so of course, and 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 like um it, like to the point where if anyone mentions Curse City, like people will be like, oh, what, what are you talking about? Like, what's the problem? Like the cardboard was stuck on the boat in the canal, and yeah. it's like, well, okay, that was. I mean, I mean, we all have our theories, but like, there's no reason why this one, <laughs> this one should be crowned correct. Um, yeah, but but it, they have this system of public relations where like 10% of the community will find an excuse that defends games workshop at any cost. And that will become like the excuse. Yeah. And the, the reason I went off on this tangent is because for the fact that games workshop has basically entirely stopped crediting the creative people who work for them. Uh, the, the crowdsourced excuse is, uh, you know, People were very angry about a Space Marine Codex 10 or 15 years ago and were being extremely malicious to the listed author of that codex. And that's why Games Workshop, you know, didn't put uh, John Blanche's name on a on a magic card. Um, Even though and, we all knew. And it's one of those things like like um, – like that that idea like the the matt ward excuse like why doesn't games workshop credit their artists because people were mean to matt ward and um you know even like we heard on uh the, the painting phase like that that concept has definitely been talked about behind closed doors at games workshop like that that excuse is floating around but i don't think we've ever seen 
any explanation coming officially from Games Workshop. Right. And like sometimes for these theories, no, no, like like you just like you just hear it repeated and repeated and repeated. And sometimes you just have to be like, does does that make sense? Like I mean like is is that logical? Like is is Matt Ward the reason why in twenty (laughs) twenty one they built a studio for Warhammer Plus Masterclass and in right. 2023, they stopped using that studio was because people were mean to Matt Ward in, in 2012. And yes, I know people were very mean to Matt Ward in whatever year that was. But um, no, no, that's not why. And <laughs> and again, yeah, for for the safety of creatives, um, pen names have been an option right? for hundreds of years. For Throughout the amount of time that humans have been making art and putting their names on it, there has always been the option of having a, a professional name, a screen name, a pen name, a pseudonym to protect your personal information while still, you know, putting your stamp on the thing you worked hard on and the thing you put your talent into. And that has always been an option for artists. Yeah. So, like... Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah. And, and I mean, for example, like I, I choose not to put my last name in most of my YouTube videos. Um, I, I kind of go by almost the pseudonym like Goobertown Brent. And I mean, you, you can find my last name if you want. It is not hard, (laughs) but, um, but you can add, I, I could add as much or as little separation between my, you know, creative persona and my you know personal life as i want to like i you know nobody knows who the craftsman is right like the 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 craftsman is a funny little puppet and and hands that wear gloves you know and and uh, louisiana voice well now Um, now that you mention it though i mean you know who the craftsman is no i don't but you, you let me know. I know I I would too. I would. No, I'm just thinking like why not why not go that route? For for Warhammer Plus. Yeah. You wear a mask. Yeah. Um just wear a space marine helmet. Yeah. It's all good. But I I yeah, so so another like theory that's going around is oh maybe all of the artists at Games Workshop decided they didn't want to be credited. Every single one of them. Like, n- no, that that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, like last, like <laughs> it's it's been a ratcheting back, and people who used to be credited are now no longer are. Yeah, within um, within a few weeks, mind you, not like yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, just just this idea of the the ratcheting back on crediting artists is to protect the artists. Like it. It does not stand up to a sniff test at right. all. Like, it, like it, it makes no. It doesn't make logical sense. But it also, it sounds like like a corporate defense of a of a terrible business decision. Um, yeah. Like it. Like like when Wizards of the Coast was trying to revoke the OGL version 1.0, a they. Uh, they had a couple of press releases that contained obvious lies 
and the community <laughs> right. was like, you're like, what? Was like, no, that wasn't a draft of the thing you were trying to change the OGL to. That was, that was the new version. You were trying to get people to sign right, that. That, that was not them. a draft yeah. that you were putting out for feedback. You were trying to get people to sign that. So mm-hmm. right there, when you say you were putting it out for feedback, that's that's a lie because it's obviously a lie or it's or it's um, or the people who got the true. thing were like, no, they asked yeah. me to sign this like and yeah. I didn't. And so, and so, yeah, that, that explanation of Games Workshop doesn't credit any of their creatives because people were mean to Matt Ward. Like, but they've never said that either, right? Some, yeah, one, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that originated. And, and Peachy did say that like that, that excuse or rationale was floating around inside Games Workshop and definitely heard people repeating it. And yeah, I can imagine I can imagine that it was. It's that excuse is floating around everywhere. Yeah. That doesn't make it true. And like the the most convenient <laughs> pretextual excuse uh well, that that makes the company look in the best light possible uh isn't always true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, um, oh, speaking speaking of Peachy and that's the, a good little rant on that. <laughs> I know, right? How's Peachy doing? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he seems to be doing good. Uh, channel's doing good, but because we brought up oh, Curse yeah. City, um, on the painting face, they do have a a it's an hour and twenty six minute video podcast. I'm pretty sure I haven't actually listened to it yet. Um, that is literally what happened. What actually happened to Curse City? I assume he probably mm-hmm. answers some questions in that. I haven't listened to it though. Okay, I don't think there were super specific answers in there, but uh, yeah, there there was the implication that it was a bit all a bit of a mess. Okay, okay, might might have used the word bollocked up or something. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, just yeah. anyway, I, I I did just uh, you know publicly say that I don't. I don't believe the excuse that P- Peachy mentioned uh, about the the Matt Ward situation, but we like Peachy. We we think he's a good lad. Yeah. yeah. So don't 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 set this up as some sort of you know, Goober Town versus painting <laughs> phase BS. Uh, like we're, no. Yeah. 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 Never. <laughs> no. 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 Honestly, this this but, community's too good for that. Yeah. 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 But anyway, the Games Workshop painting tutorials have gone faceless. And mm-hmm. so far, like, the community has just kind of been quiet about it. And... Uh, yeah, it's been... I don't know. This is this is my effort to, like, remind people that it's going on and go check out those videos. Decide for yourself if you think it's right. Well, and, that's, yeah. that's kind of the point of our little podcast, Dude, right? I, I it's, actually it's tried pretty to... relevant to <laughs> painting and connecting yeah. uh, i tried to unsubscribe from from warhammer plus the other day but i don't <laughs> know but i couldn't remember my password like <laughs> that's how they get you you know <laughs> my password was saved on like warhammer tv or wherever you actually watch the videos but whatever right. website i have like my warhammer where i had to go mm-hmm. to like unsubscribe from the account like i couldn't remember my password i hit like send you know password reset and then they just never sent me the email. Freaking assholes. Like, <laughs> Hopefully it's to the- Like I hit password reset like 10 times over the course of a couple hours. They just never sent me the email. Oh, so man. I don't know. 
that's I've that's got, funny. I've got a few. I've got like seven months to uh, to log in there to make sure right. I don't get billed for a third year. I so, I'm still um, I'm still technically paying for it, although I haven't used anything. I haven't logged in. Yeah. I haven't watched. I, I haven't even gotten my freaking minis. Like I haven't done that yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first year I signed up out of curiosity and I watched the the shows, and then the second year I you know stayed subscribed, like seriously, partially just to support oh, yeah. Luis. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like yeah, I'll get the minis eventually, probably, and you know, support yeah. Luis, and maybe they'll put out a uh, some good animations. And I did watch Interrogator. Like that seemed pretty good. I thought that was like the best show on there. Okay. So. Yeah. I, so they've got. I mean, I watched yeah. for the first month, two months. Mm-hmm, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish the Blood Angel thing. Uh, it's about as far as I've gotten. I mean, mostly it was that there was nothing there, so it was like oh, I guess we have to wait a whole week for another uh, ten minutes. I mean, there's still not much more than a weekend worth of content, yeah. unless you're watching like all the battle reports. But um, which I don't mind yeah. battle reports done well. So okay, you know, keep it on least. the background. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not not terrible. Um, All right. Then again, there. Are what else we got here today? <laughs> plenty of other stuff. Uh, you know what? I have no idea. Um, man, I'm I'm gearing up to I don't know, paint an army or something. I'm done with this the stomp of the videos out. Yeah, I guess technically because we're recording this early, so the video's out. Hopefully, that's uh, not a bust. But uh, yeah, yeah, planning on working on something like fun and stupid, like just mindless. A painting army. Very nice, but Very but nice. easily, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll leave that to next time, then, huh? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And you're off to Denmark. Yeah. Okay. We'll see about that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I hope you have a safe flight. You know, learn some things about the culture. You know, don't say yeah. anything yeah, yeah, stupid. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Well, looking forward to hearing about that when you get back. At some point, maybe. I mean, unless you're just planning on living there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know if I come back. Yeah. I think I'll I'll figure that out pretty quick. <laughs> yep. Right, welcome yep, yep. to Paint Bravely. I podcast Bravely this week by myself because Brent might have died. Fuck. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's in Denmark still. Like, I don't know what to yeah. do. <laughs> I mean, the internet still exists in Denmark, so I, I would assume you'd be it able does. to get onto a it call. Does. Yeah. Yeah, you can't avoid it. All right. can't avoid it. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time.